conservative, won the ball here on third down. Here's Richardson, he takes it in for his first NFL touchdown. And Pittman takes it inside the 20, the 10, towards the end zone, touchdown! On second and 28, the Colts capitalize Richardson to Pittman, 39 yards. Good evening, everybody. It is the crew, and we are back uh, every Saturday. Lately, it feels like lately it feels like it's been every other Saturday. Everybody's been having stuff going on, but you know, forgive us. It's the off season. We're doing you know things that aren't football related. So, life. Yeah, life is happening. So we got Trev and Marco and myself tonight. How's everybody doing? We're here, man. A little under the weather, but looking forward to talking some football. Even though we're finally getting into the dredges of the off season, where everything kind of slows down and gets boring a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing good myself. I uh, just celebrated my son's birthday. Well, having a little party today, and then I'm going to celebrate his birthday party next weekend. So having a good weekend so far, man. Yeah, man, my, my house has been going through the sickness too. So yeah. uh, it started with me like last week, and then the kids got it, and then the baby's got it now. So the baby's miserable so if i just end up hopping off it's because i'm keeping her awake <laughs> it's everywhere right now it's all that pollen coming back for springtime it's gotta go yeah man yep uh down here it's been like 80 i think it was, it was like 80 today it was pretty warm out um so weather's starting to change <laughs> and then i'm gonna end up going up to washington where the weather's gonna go back down to cold so it's gonna fucking suck just get sick all over again <laughs> All over again, bro. All over again. And Washington, man, Washington's cold as shit in April. And it's raining all the time. So it's like, just great. Asking for it. Yeah. So like we said, man, there's not much to talk about. But we uh, we do have our season in review part two. Uh, we're missing Damon. And uh, Zach was here for part one. So Zach assisted with the offense. Uh, just a quick review of that. We did not give the offense total grade. Um, hopefully we'll get to that. But we did have quarterbacks were graded at a C plus. Uh, running back room was graded at an A. Tight ends were graded as a D. Uh, wide receivers were graded at a C. Offensive line was graded as an A. Uh, a keynote key keynotes on those was uh, I believe it was QB and tight end both had some incompletes. Yeah. Uh, mainly because of some injuries that were related in the tight end room. And then we had injuries that were in the quarterback room, clearly, with AR being out. So AR uh, got an incomplete. Um, but with Minshew, you know, we don't think he, in my opinion, didn't really elevate the offense. He just did enough to where the offense just kind of was able to move the ball. So now we're on to defense. Uh, we did start with uh, corners during the part one before we decided to just hold off on defense. Uh, and we did end up grading the corners at a C plus with some incompletes. Uh, so that, yeah. So that actually takes us to safeties. Um, I don't know if you guys want to jump back into it or if DeMarco's got some notes he wants to put out first. I don't like that your thing is 2024 is our year because now you look like a Cowboys fan. Um, yeah. It's true for us, though. It's true. Yeah. It, like said, uh, Trev said, it's true for us, for one. Secondly, I definitely don't do this every year. If it wasn't our year, I'd definitely tell you we were going to be trash. So <laughs> I'm, I'm 
definitely not cowboyish. So we can cut that one immediately. Uh, but um, yeah, I didn't know if you want to start back over. I was just talking to Trevor about that, just so we can get a, a fresh start on what we we're gonna have for D line or or cornerbacks wherever we start. I mean, we can start over. I mean, oh, with yeah. me, you, and Zach, we had this that we only did the corners, so and we had a C plus, so we could we could redo it. Um, I'm keeping my C grade. Um, but if anyone who's watching didn't see why that we graded there, um, I think that the corners did exceptionally well for the positions that they were put into with being young, being rookies, um, and not necessarily being expected to play as sure. many snaps as they did. So a lot of fans are like, oh, I want to, you know, they didn't play well, this, that, and the other, that that's one of the most, you know, pressing needs. Um, I also think that they played fairly well for being young and late round picks, to be completely honest. One of our yeah. bright lights defensively was Jalen Jones, and I'm pretty sure he was like a, a last Six day pick. Yeah, so he was, a, he was a late pick. I, I I think I think hovering around a C is fair. I mean, we we started the season off, uh, you know, losing Isaiah Rogers because of the whole gambling thing. Uh, just a lot of question marks across the field. Julius Brents hadn't even played because he was injured, so did not start good. If if you would ask me at, by week four what my quarter grade was, it's like D minus, maybe an F. You know, not not good at all. But as the season went on and as we got those rookies back playing uh, with Jones and Brents being the primary two, taking those steps. Yeah, I, I think they really elevated their play, uh, progressed as the season. I think to be their best game was uh, when we beat the Raiders, and they were put in a lot of man coverage positions, and they played lights out more often than not in that. So I think when you, when you put them in the position to show what they got, they did really well. So I like what you said about, like, they weren't always put in a position to succeed, and that's why, you know, we kind of got on them more a little bit, but that's not exactly them either, so – I think all things considered, I, I give about a C, C plus. Did I, I gave a grade right, Matt, on the DBs? Yeah, I think you graded them a C, too. Uh, hold on. I want to I want to touch base on some of these comments before we yeah, move I forward. Um, I, I, hold on. I, yeah, up, 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 up. There's two of us controlling, two of us controlling. <laughs> um, so Nathan here says, I don't see us getting Pittman back. He wants his money. He deserves it. Uh, honestly, I think a lot of this is just going to be speculation at this point. I don't understand. Like, um, you know, nobody knows what's happening with Pittman because of the fact that he's an unrestricted free agent. Um, I think that there's already conversations, but he's he said he wants to, you know, explore his options. So he's going to wait until March. We're not going to be able to get something done until now. Uh, not sure if we're going to tag him. It just depends on what the value is at that point and if, Chris really values Michael Pittman Jr. or if Chris thinks he can get somebody better to replace Michael Pittman Jr. Um, and then Michael here says trade the number 15 pick and Pittman Jr. for moving up to get Marvin Harrison. I say no to that. And I understand everybody loves Marvin Harrison Jr., but I'm not a guy who's like, let's go trade house and get a wide receiver. Yeah. So um, and then Nathan says Colts never tag players, and I think there's a, there's a time for everything. It just depends okay. on who. We've never really had a player worth tagging. Because did, did we use it on McAfee once? Yeah, but I mean, the, yeah, that was it, the last person I, we tagged say, in like uh, two thousand and like twelve or something like that. Thirteen. But then tell me, tell me after that, who we've had that was really where Ballard was like, oh, I don't have his replacement already, and Ballard right. felt the need to use the tag. I mean, he just doesn't. It, it, there was no need to tag anybody at that point because he either right. signed you because you earned it, or mm -hmm. in certain situations like you know Anthony Walker who got replaced by Okereke, yeah. and then 
we let Okereke go because he got replaced by Zaire Franklin. I mean, the, the replacements were already there. So really, there was no need to franchise tag anybody. In this position, I believe that Michael Pittman Jr. is a guy you tag if you cannot get the deal done right now. I agree. Because yeah, we, I'm don't, also gonna... we don't have somebody to replace him at this point in time, and I don't think a draft pick in the first round is going to replace Michael Pittman Jr. No one. <laughs> yeah, I'm also going a hard no on the Marvin Harrison Jr. You're going to have to give up so much capital, you probably won't be able to function after you make that trade. It's just not going to make that much sense. It's not worth it. Um, also, to Nathan's point, uh, actually, you know, the fact that this has been going around a lot and we haven't franchise tag Pittman, I know Zach was asking some questions earlier. I just want to say this. If we don't franchise tag Michael Pittman Jr. and we let him walk like some other guys that we're doing, I'm telling you right now, Chris, Chris Ballard's job is on the line. Facts. It is absolutely. It, that'd be in because I'd end up losing confidence at this point that you just can't build a team to be able to consistently compete and actually get over the top and be able to keep your guys and keep building and adding to a team. So I just want to put that to rest, man. We're either going to tag Michael Pittman Jr. or get a deal done or, or the Ballard's gone. has to change. Ballard's yeah. gone. Yeah. And I think the key to it is, like, you got to spend money. You got to spend money either way. Like, we, we're either spending money on our guy, Pittman, who's shown that he deserves the money, has proven he, he belongs here, all of the above, or you let him walk and then you have to spend the money anyways to go get a replacement and try to find someone who can fit as good as Pittman does. So it makes zero sense to me to uh, even entertain the idea of letting him go, letting him walk out. I, I, I want to deal done as soon as possible. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the only reason we would end up having the franchise tag Pittman is because Pittman wants more money than what Ballard offers. Yeah. And I don't think Ballard's going to necessarily low ball Michael Pittman, but I think Michael Pittman's going to want to explore his options. And then Ballard, all he's going to want to do is either match or outbid right right and but i don't even think it's going to get to that to be completely honest we've seen michael pittman talk about ar and having ar back next season and the way this offense is going to be moving forward i don't i don't know i don't know where people are getting the idea that michael pittman jr is gone like he's gone it's done deal that he's leaving like it doesn't make any sense I think um, right now he's just being a good businessman, right? Like if he just goes, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take whatever the Colts give me, that's that's not good business. So, yeah, of course right. he to say he's going to entertain options. Uh, and you'll hear everyone – and he, he should hear the options out, and then he should consider offers because then it's on Ballard. Ballard's the GM. It's his job to, as you said, match those offers or outbid them and keep them in the, in the city. So it's just business right. at this point. Yeah, that's, that's silly to me. And then this – Nathan says he wished we could trade Gus Bradley. And then this is Gus Bradley's make or break year. If he can't fix the defense, he deserves to lose his job. I actually disagree with this 100%. And here's the reason I disagree with this. Uh, Gus Bradley was put in a position last year where he was playing rookie secondary. And not only was he playing rookie secondary, but these guys were dudes that are like late round picks, like we said earlier. Now, what we, what my belief is that we need to get guys that fit Gus Bradley's defense because everybody's like, oh, you need the blitz, you need the blitz, you need the blitz. But at the same time, blitzing heavily doesn't always fix the problem. We right. can't just be like, oh, we need the blitz, we need to send more because we're not getting pressure up front. Instead, how about we get elite edge rushers who can actually provide pressure in a defense that Gus Bradley plays where he just wants to send four. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with just wanting to send four as long as you have the four that can get there. Right. So instead of putting all blame on Gus, hey, why don't we go ahead and get guys? I'm sorry, everybody here wants to talk about it, right? The fifth year option with Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay didn't earn it, in my opinion. Quiddy Pay did not earn 14 mil uh, fifth year option. 
in my opinion, he's not an elite edge rusher that's going to be a game changer. We have an interior defensive line that's a that's stud. Ebicom to me is is a good edge rusher, but he's not a, a prime elite guy um, who will fear you know you fear as an offense. We need one of those guys. Uh, it, it it's just it's crazy to me to sit here. We and, also you know, we also we wanna, had a crap ton of injuries and lost like three cornerbacks before the season even started. So. Yeah, I, I said that before you. <laughs> When you weren't there, that's that that was yeah. the start of this. It's like yeah. your corners weren't going to be able to hold coverage long enough. And when they did, what happened? We got sacks. Yeah. Right? yeah. Which we broke a sack record. Yeah. We, I year. mean, as still, a team, we did get a lot of sacks. A lot of sacks. We got a lot of sacks. Still, and still we're only 22nd in pressures. Yeah. So yeah. at the same time, it's really just Gus getting the personnel that he needs. I think he did. When you really go back and look at it, Gus did not do a bad job. Yeah, I think, like I think there's a lot of situations. Like, there are so many games, I mean, since Gus has been here, where it feels like the defense play is pretty solid, pretty solid, pretty solid, and then something will happen, like they'll break a big play or, or something in a crucial moment, and then it's like, Gus, what the fuck? But, like, sometimes – I I don't know, man. I go back and forth on it. I, I've been frustrated with Gus Bradley, too. But then on the other side of things, it's like – a player too different and we're we're saying this guy's a genius here. And I mean that's the same for any coordinator, but I don't know. I I I, I can kind of get behind a make or break year this year for him though. I mean if if we go out and have a dog shit defense, then yeah, he's got to go. But uh hopefully we can like Matt was saying get the person on that Gus needs back there to run his defense efficiently. I think it's still gonna come down. Can he be a consistent cl- closer? Like it, it, I mean I don't know about like necessarily just give him another shot. He just can't be complacent with being a guy that's just in a rotation. Like that's what it was. That's why his cat, uh, his um, fifth year option dropped from fourteen mil to thirteen mil uh, because he didn't hit. Yeah, he didn't hit his snap threshold to get the one million dollars. So it's like you're not even effective enough to where you're not rotating. Like yeah. you should be the type of guy where they're not taking you off the field. As uh, Michael Kaysen is saying here, hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, we need a TJ Watt type player or Max Crosby. A closer. You need a guy that's going to consistently make the offense change what they're doing to defend you. Um, and I think that'd be huge for us. Hi. Probably can't hear me. You know, um, <clears throat> um, and uh, so uh, that's the type of player that we need to, to make that change. And then, um, and then what I was going to say, that'd be a type of player like I, I, I really like Chop Robinson. I know he's not necessarily going to be the run defender, but I think his first step in getting off on the edge is going to set us up to be that type of closer. Say hi. So wait. Um, so I, I think we need to make that difference there. I, I think we'll see where we're, we're going from there. Um, but I just think you need to add that type of closer and then hopefully get healthy on the back end. Um, this is from our co-host Zach here. He's saying, in his opinion, the only thing Gus' defense is missing is a clear uh, center field safety. Once he's given that, or that guy, I think Indy uh, defense is elite. Um, I, I'll say I kind of disagree with that. I don't think center field safety is the problem. I still think it's going to be edge. you know young, young, inexperienced corners. Yeah, inconsistent. Edge rush, consistently pressuring the quarterback. So I I'm not against it, though. I'll, I'll take an elite safety. I mean, we, we need to figure out something back there. We need to bring back Blackman, in my opinion, but we, we still need that second guy to pair with him. I don't think Rodney Thomas is that guy, and I'm not convinced yet that Nick Cross is that guy either. So. 
I think I think you start with the pass rush and it'll fix that. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Both. Both. If we can, both. If, if we can get what up, pressure, Joey. If we can get pressure on the quarterback and our corners don't have to cover that long, it fixes the problem, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. oh, what's the matter? She disagrees. Yeah, she disagrees. She says, she disagrees. We need a lockdown safety. No. Is what we need. <laughs> she said no. Um, Shout out to you getting your jersey, man. I got on Kenny Moore in honor of the defense today. That's what I'm rocking with. Um, Nathan also saying here, I hope we get Howard Veteran Corner from Miami to teach these young corners. I'm I'm definitely not opposed to that. I'd love to see X uh, with our defense. Um, it's going to be a tough one, though. He's he's going to have a large crowd, and it, it, I, I – I would hope with his age, he's not just looking for somebody to overpay at this point. Right. Um, he should be looking for the correct fit, the chance to really win. Um, but if he's he he's gonna have a crowd where somebody's going to want to overpay. So uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes, man. But I, I I'm definitely not opposed to adding him to this team. Yeah, I mean what what we've seen is like Ballard isn't typically the guy to go out and pursue these these guys like this veterans that get released. Uh, usually for salary reasons, not because of talent reasons, because uh, obviously he's still a very good corner. Uh, we'd love to have him, but I, I just it doesn't feel like a Ballard signing, like Demarco saying. Uh, but I, I, I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to be surprised. I, I would definitely take that guy in, in Indianapolis. Most definitely, most definitely. That's where I would go with that. But it looks like we were all at C um, on the cornerbacks. Where are we headed to uh, with safety? Uh, all right, so I'll start off with safety. I actually have us at a fairly high grade safety. Um, I think they played fairly well, um, considering same situation with corners, right? So when I looked at some of these and I was watching some of the tape and things like that, um, I was trying to look at how impactful the inexperience at the outside was affecting what the safeties were capable of doing um, on tape, things like that. So I actually gave them a B. Um, mainly because they were doing a lot of sideline to sideline covering for some of these young guys, uh, especially when what Baker was in there, um, our safeties were over covering. Plus, Julian Blackman alone for me gets an A plus 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 plus. That dude was having a hell of a year before he got hurt. Um, and Rodney Thomas played pretty well. The only one that I was not happy with was Nick Cross. See, I'm I'm the other way, man, because I I. Nick Nick Cross was hit or miss for me. I, I'm not huge on him, regardless, as I just said. Rodney Thomas, I was loud about him coming into the season. I really thought he was going to be a breakout player, and I think for the most part, he was he was he was average. You know, he he did what he was supposed to do for the most part. But then when he failed and when he messed up, it was really obvious. Gotcha. And that's when you that's when you'd see those blown coverages and those <laughs> big plays. And like almost every time, it felt like it was Rodney Thomas misreading something or just, or just being out of place. So it and that wasn't all the time, but it's like when those plays happened, it was because he messed it up. So that that's where it brings it down for me. I, I got safety overall, I'll say like C minus. But if I could grade them individually, I would have Julian Blackman A, Nick Cross C minus, Rodney Thomas D plus C minus. Those guys, I'm not just sure, I'm not sure about it anymore. Yeah, I, I also agree with Trev here. I'm going uh, C minus, and it's mostly because Julian Blackman um, also thought that um, 
uh, Rodney Tom or not Rodney Thomas, uh, Nick Cross was also graded pretty highly when he did play on his limited snaps by PFF. Um, he also played pretty well a lot of times when he did come in there on special teams and on defense as well. Um, I, I like Trev said, I was high. On Rodney Thomas. I was high on these guys being the combo, Rodney Thomas and Nick Cross. And as you guys saw, Nick Cross barely made it to the field throughout the season. Uh, Rodney Thomas did not look anything the way I thought he would. It, it was just too many mistakes, too many miscommunications, just didn't look like what I thought we would see um, from him. Julian Blackman ended up stepping up. He's absolutely the only reason I gave this a C minus. I was really going to go close to a D to it. And that's just because of the expectations and the results that I thought I would see from this safety room. I thought this would, I, I actually, I think if we go back to, to our view when we did our safety room, I thought this was probably one of our most lockdown rooms on the yeah, team I thought outside, so of, outside of defensive tackle. So, um, I, I give him a C minus. I just thought we we missed out on on a lot of um, I would say what our expectations were for that room. Okay. Uh, comment here from uh Tyler. What was that, man? No, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say uh he, he says he really wants to get Kool Aid from uh Alabama. He doesn't know. We'll see. Um, I'm not as high on Kool Aid as I am on Terry on Arnold. I pre- I prefer Terry on Arnold. I think he's the better corner, preferably. Take either one, but yeah, I mean, Cool is a, a solid player, man. If he falls to us, I, I wouldn't be upset. All right, Zach here says, Why I say Indy needs an elite safety is because Thomas was a liability in the middle of the field. Blackman is way too injury prone to be continued to be counted on all season. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. fair, but, but see, but, but Blackman see, got hurt like the last two weeks. Yeah, he well, hasn't missed, yeah. he hasn't missed a ton of games outside of you know he came off the Achilles. He had the one other year where he played I think only eight games, and then this season down the stretch. So I don't really I don't I hate the health thing. I don't think health is something that you can factor in because you never know how a guy is going to be. Like for example, look at Paris Campbell. He never had an injury. He gets to the NFL and all he does is get hurt. I mean, we had Bob the Hitman Sanders. I mean, he just got one defensive player of the year. But one of the greatest career, safeties ever. One of the greatest ever, and he his career was ended by injury. Shaq Leonard, for Christ's sake, injuries injuries just kill you. I don't think that's the reason you say you want somebody is because of injuries because you could draft a guy, and they could be the most talented kid ever, and they come in, and they start having injuries, and guess what? you you back in the same spot. So yeah. I, I don't think that's something that you can really project out. Now, yeah, when you say like – We, we it, drafted you – know, we drafted Julian while he was injured. <laughs> exactly. And he um, wasn't supposed to come back until November of his rookie year. He played in week two. Exactly. He started week two. And the safety before him, Malik Hooker, was injury prone as well. So, I mean. I miss Malik where, Hooker. That man was a dog. I do. I do. I did not want us, I did not want us to cut him either. I was oh, mad. That man, that man was a dog. I have his uh, salute to service jersey, man. God, I love Malik yeah. Hooker. And he's playing well in freaking yeah, Dallas, Dallas, too. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, decent there. Man, you just I'll never, I'm going. I'll I'm never forget. I'll never forget his one-hand pick against Uncle Phil, man. That was just insane, bro. So, um, so Dallas, I do agree with you about Rodney Thomas being a liability. It's just one of those situations where you got too many young guys back there and you have the play where him and Kenny Moore are kind of discussing what's going to happen against the Rams. And then Roddy Thomas doesn't take Puka and boom, he takes the play to the middle of the field where it pretty much was game over. And so 
Um, but to I, be fair, I, to be fair, Puka did that to everyone. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a yeah, freak. Like, I mean, you also see like the miscommunication and like. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, like, if you're gonna let a guy make a play, let him head top you, let him wash you or something. Don't let it be wide, 10, 15 yards open. <laughs> I'm I'm like, just saying every receiver every receiver that went off on us went off on everyone. It wasn't yeah. like we were just letting these scrub dudes have massive games. No, I'm I'm saying like like oh, I think the only game that's questionable that we let have a big game was against New Orleans when old boy went off and shouldn't have. It shouldn't Sheesh. have even been him. It should have been like Rashid fucking Desalave that went off, but it was some other dude that wears 22 as a wide receiver, and it's fucking retarded. Rashid Shaheed. Dude made yeah. a goddamn Pro Bowl just for that game. Just one game. That's what I'm saying. That was the only game where we let a dude, let a no-name dude just go off. Every other game were big-name receivers that everyone – we talked about it on Saturday the before the game. This guy's going to go off. We can still win as long as they don't they yeah. can't run the ball. That was but, the trend. All year. <laughs> yeah, it was every game. So to me, to be fair, I mean, whatever. It's, but at the same time, it's it's hard to evaluate a safety like that, right? Because sure, Thomas, you know, is getting burned, but at the same time, we corners in there that mix communication yeah. and things. It's it's, that, it's that, all it, 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 it all comes together when it comes to those DBs that it's hard for me to put all blame on Rodney Thomas when you have corners that are also. <laughs> getting burnt and getting beat and not communicating properly. And, and, but, and that's not also their fault either because they're in a position where they weren't even supposed to play what 30, 40 snaps or percent of the snaps throughout the year. They were only supposed to be backups and rotational guys learning and developing. They ended up playing 88% yeah. plus, you know, so I can understand the hesitation on Rodney Thomas I can understand hesitation on pretty much anybody, but at the same time, <laughs> That room is that room was was so many question marks across the board all goddamn season, and we could actually see because of this season being so bad, on how much tape that these guys can be watching of themselves, we could probably see a massive jump in that room going into yeah. next season. Now, what what I will say about Rodney Thomas, just because I, I was a little harsh on him, when he's in the right position and when when he doesn't have these mental errors, his ability to make a play on the ball damn near elite. And for that reason, I want to keep him around. I just don't want him as the like solidified starter. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I do want to bring in another safety maybe that he can learn from and get coached up by a veteran like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm not saying get rid of Rodney Thomas. I just think he had a lot of mental errors this year. I kind of think that's where Zach's whole point is getting to. Cause he, yeah. he's huge on, uh, <coughs> I want to say it's Tyler Newbin from uh, Minnesota. He's, he's big on that guy, the safety. So, Zach just kind of where he's going here. Zach just likes to cut people when they have bad seasons and don't yeah. let people develop. That's yeah. how Zach he, is. He, he, he don't. Them, he, they got it, one year. They got one year to make it right. Yeah, listen, if, you know, if, if y'all are new watching, go back and watch some old episodes. You'll see how Zach is. Zach doesn't like to pay anybody. He didn't. He don't like to pay people. All right. He just likes to draft everyone and and replace people when they have bad years. But then he's ready to. You know. I don't know. <laughs> I love that. It's got to up and down. It's got to up and down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I get it. And just like our guy Chad here says, welcome back, Chad. I don't know where you've been at. You've been going for a while. Um, But, yeah, to be fair, I mean, somebody's got to take the blame. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, our, that's part of where I'm putting it. And so – it's to be fair, it's Isaiah Rogers. Isaiah Rogers takes the blame. Everything, yeah. Everything falls on. It, it, listen, it, listen. That, that whole DB room fell apart the moment that man got caught 
betting. All right. And, and, and dude, you guys even, I said it, I said it in the group chat. I said, God, we're going to have a long year now. It's like Isaiah Rogers was our number one corner and then we lost him. And, and then, you know, Daryl Baker was getting burned. And then you had, uh, uh, Dallas flowers was playing well and then he got hurt. And then boy, at that point, we all knew it was going to be a long season for that secondary. It all started with Isaiah Rogers and I blame him. <laughs> yeah, Zach, it's not all about production, man. A lot of times that's why you're being vets in because vets can't communicate and other players are more productive. So you may not see it from a vet. So it's, you it's have not to look all at, about you can, production. You have to you have to see what goes on. The game has nuance to it. Everything is not just about production stats. Look, look across look across the NFL, man. Half these half the corners that are considered elite don't even get targeted. So half they don't, the, they don't, half they the have zero interceptions. And yeah, stuff. half the, half the corners that are like considered top elite Pro Bowl players or guys that are like, I don't know, like the, like I remember back in the day. God, I forget who the corner was. Darrell Revis. Nobody threw to Darrell Revis's side. They, they, they probably, probably had. I think I think he had a span. I think he had a span of like two or three years where he probably had like three or four interceptions, but literally had like fifty targets or something like that over yeah. like an eight week span of games. Yeah, like it, <laughs> and, and so so really when it comes to DBs, it's hard to look at production because stats are going to come off of being targeted, how how you defend during that target, and things like that. So if you come into a game, I think I think there was one game where everybody was like, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to go that way. Because I think it was against Richard Sherman or somebody. I forget who the corner was at the time. It was like 10 years ago. And he went that way all game and regretted it. <laughs> Like yeah, production does. when it comes to the defensive backs is kind of hard because it's it can be misleading. Yeah, like the, the the guy in Dallas, uh, Trayvon Diggs, he, he's got great. Uh, he can like, pick the ball, but he sucks yeah, at he coverage. Yeah, he play on the ball, but then he lets up so much at coverage. Yeah, so he sucks at coverage. He well, that was that was well, that was well, that was his rookie season. His second season, he changed. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm saying was, back to that. He was playing. His, he was playing his, in phase. It was his, the way that they were playing him, and then you put him in year two where he doesn't <laughs> give him up nearly as many yards. So. A lot of that goes to scheme. So what it always goes back to is film. Watch the film. See what players are doing pre-snap, post-snap. That'll tell you everything. Production is just a result of what you see. So you always got to go back and look at it, man. I think that's where it always stems from. Uh, We got Tyler saying here that uh, from what I've seen from Dallas Flowers, he uh, he was pretty solid the game we played against the Rams. Our defense stood strong, and then he got hurt towards Achilles' sad day. Yeah, I mean, it was... A lot changed for us after that because I think we immediately went to Darrell Baker Jr., got cooked, um, yep. and then Tony we were kind of hoping um, – no, 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 then Juju came. Then he went back out after yeah. he got hurt, and then after that it was kind of just makeshift pretty much. Um, Signing dudes off the side of the road. So, yeah. Hey, I, you want to cover Devontae Adams next week? Let's go. Yeah, so uh, – <laughs> Tyler also saying, let's hope Chris Ballard doesn't go coupon shopping this year and bring in talent. If we don't go get players, Ballard needs to be gone. Seat will be hot. Yeah, absolutely. I was just saying that about it's going to start with Michael Pittman Jr. We're going to see how that goes down. If Michael Pittman Jr. is not either tagged or re-signed, if we let him walk, I just I just have to start questioning Ballard's intentions to really truly win and be a year-in and year-out contender. Just yeah, just has to be something we go forward and we make sure we keep guys in the building and we add guys to the building. And I think what's what's special about this year, like we we're typically one of the top 
10 or so teams in cap space. Like we, we typically are, are very much in the green in cap space. It's just how Ballard operates. But so, so every year people say, you know, let's go be aggressive in free agency. But this year, more than ever, the timing of it makes sense, right? Like we, we have a, a quarterback on a rookie contract coming back healthy who's able to compete. We have a star running back long term who can go, right? Like we, we have pieces to compete. So this summer, it makes sense to go and add weapons, add firepower to really go and try to contend over the next two, three years before you have to, you know, pay Anthony Richardson. And that's, that's going to be a lot of money if he pans out the way we expect him to. So then, you know, the, the, the window of your franchise changes a little bit how you have to operate. But like right now with a quarterback on a rookie contract is the time you can go and sign free agents for the next couple of years and really try to be competitive. So hopefully Ballard does that. For sure, for sure, uh, exactly. So we, 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 he, he's got to put it to it, um, and uh, he can't be slow about it. Brandon Archer here is also saying that uh, it, or asking, is Pittman getting tagged? Has not, has not been tagged yet, but um, I was just having this conversation with our other co-host, Zach, the other day. Uh, I said that, me personally, I would have tagged Pittman two days ago. I would have already made it known to him what he means to this team. We want to keep you. The only reason I'm tagging you right now is just to ensure that you're not going to go talk to anybody else outside this building. I want to make sure we get a deal done. You let me know the number. We'll work out what we can, and we'll get you signed. Um, now, I also think personally at the end of the day, if you don't tag a player, it could also be a sign of respect. I mean, we obviously don't know what their day-to-day communications are. He, uh, Chris Ballard and his agent could be talking over and seeing – um, about getting a deal a deal done so they could still be in the works of getting talking as we um, as we have Tyler here stating they have till March 5th to tag them. Yes, that's absolutely correct. So they still have time to, to try and work it out. Um, but at the end of the day, when March 5th comes, if there's no deal, he needs to be tagged. If, if we let him walk out the door, I think at that moment in time, I think Ballard to be pretty much writing his uh, way out of the building. So and um, I like I, I like what you said too about like just the respect of players. Like the way the media covered the whole JT and Ballard thing, and and with Ursay involved in that as well uh, early this year uh, when, when all that was going on, it, it sounded like you know they were drawing guns at each other and just ready to explode. And then the next thing you know, you know JT's got a long term contract, couldn't be happier to be a Colt. Like everything's all good. So clearly a lot of bullshit was made out of that. I don't know. I I think Ballard's not a dumbass, right? Like he, he knows his guys. He's always valued high character uh, business. So I, I think that's exactly what it is. I think he hit the nail on the head. Man. He, he's, he's probably letting him explore these options because he respects him, but he's going to, he's going to do whatever it takes to keep him as a cold. I also agree, but this does kind of worry me though. Like if you think back, cause like when Chris Ballard came out as presser and said, you know, we have the advantage of being on a rookie deal with a quarterback, right? You know, we're not, we're not making that search, but I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say it's like a panic or like we have to jump on it and whatnot. Like we have till March 5th, but it's like, it's still the same kind of slow process that he takes with like free agency or with other people or anything that just goes on. I just really hope that when he said like, you know, we're not sitting on that rookie or sitting here looking for a quarterback anymore. We have the rookie deal. I, I, I just want to see, like, I know this is this is where Zach would typically come in and say he wants to see everybody get signed and whatnot and go get everybody. But I want to see a little bit of urgency. I want to see more. Like, I, I don't want it to be the same as it's been in the past. I'm not saying you got to go sign people day one and whatnot. But, like, 
I just want to see it be a little bit different with Ballard this time if we truly are going to see some difference. I, do uh, I don't I don't want to see Mike Evans. Um I'm good. Yeah. I'm I'm good on that front. Um my thing is is I want I agree. I think I want Ballard to be a little bit more when it comes urgency wise. And yeah. I think that's where fans get uh frustrated with him. And I do agree that like this is the year that we don't have a quarterback. But this is also the year where if you look across the board at free agents, the top free agents that are you know going to go uh, or might even walk away from their team, which to me would be asinine for some of these guys because some of these guys are you know top players on their roster currently and they're about to be undrafted free agents or are you know unrestricted free agents. I feel like a lot of those guys that these that Colts fans want are going to be re-signed to be fair. So and then a lot of the other guys that are underneath them that are top list are going to want to go to contenders. Exactly. If you're if you're not a Colts fan, we are not a contender. Like <laughs> to be 100% fair, like our rookie quarterback is essentially about to go into his rookie season plus, you know, a second time. It's like being held back because of the fact that he missed the majority of his season, right? So at the same time it's like who, as a wide receiver, is going to want to come to an offense where you? it's still unknown? Sure, to us, we're like, we don't have to go get a quarterback. Right. That's right. exactly what I mean by I want to see that urgency from Ballard to like let people right. know, like, hey, hey, we're willing to spend the money if you want to come here to help us build this contender. Right, right. That's what we need. But at the same time, that's, I, that's, it's hard to get that in the NFL these days. You know what I mean? Because – a lot of these NFL te- these these players, all they see are the Chiefs, uh, the 49ers, the Dolphins, um, the Bills. Uh, you know, they see the Jets with Aaron Rodgers coming back. You know, they 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 see all this and they're like, well, I can go there and probably get paid more money and work with guys that are a little more solidified, um, exactly. things like that. And that's what Chris Ballard has to compete with. Right. Um, but at the same time, Chris Ballard is not bad in free agency at all. He, even he's brought people here every offseason that have been productive for us. He's brought them in on one-year deals. For example, Yannick Ngakwe came in on a one-year deal, got us what nine, nine sacks, nine sacks on the edge, walked, got replaced by Ebicom. I didn't even yeah. hear of that dude. Yeah. I didn't even know who he was a dog. dog. And he was a dog all year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was calling him Samson. I just got his last name right for the first time. Like <laughs> I'm just saying, like these dudes, everybody's got to lay off of what what Ballard does. I think, it, I think it, he's going to be he's going to come into it with more urgency. But at the same time, I feel like Colts fans need to stop panicking. Yeah, yeah. They, See, they panic and that's over the big names, and it's like we don't need those. We, don't need them. we need guys like Ebicom. That why, come in and fit perfectly. Why bring why bring a Michael Pittman Jr.? Why resign Michael Pittman Jr. and then go get a Mike Evans? Mike Evans is Michael Pittman Jr. 10 years from now. <laughs> they're Without the same the player. They're, they're the <laughs> yeah. Same, yeah, they're the same player, but he's older. Why get yeah. an older Michael Pittman Jr.? Yeah, and both of you guys just stated it perfectly, and that's exactly what I mean. Like, I don't want to make the panic come up because it's just some of those guys that we get on day two or day three that most people don't sit there and notice like a Ebelcom. And that's what I mean by the urgency. I just want to see a little bit more of it as far as like being active on day one, maybe getting somebody that first day it doesn't have to be necessarily a big name, but it could just be somebody like I've seen I a just, ton of people that, I just wanted, wanna uh, that wanted Kendall Fuller. There's a I lot just of wanted, people that wanted him. 
I just want to hear that Ballard reached out and made an offer on day exactly. one. That's exactly. That's it. Even if the guy exactly. didn't accept it, just make the offer. Exactly. Because if he makes yeah, the offer, that, yeah. shows, that shows me that he's trying. And exactly. I'm like, okay, now he knows. Like, he's really confident in what we have here. He just pursued somebody day one. Man, we ain't, we ain't seen it in week one of free agency since he's been here. So, yeah, I don't yeah know. exactly. Uh, but to Brendan's point, uh, buying a farm don't really mean anything. Aaron Rodgers had a house in Tennessee and Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell's family still lives in Indianapolis. Yeah. So that, that just means nothing. Um, Yeah. Zach is saying the same here. Ballard needs to be aggressive. I know Zach is a little bit more aggressive than most of us, but uh, Zach, Zach only wants to (laughs) save 3 million. Pretty much. Um, Yeah. Michael, we're not getting Jalen. Well, he's not even, he's not even a free agent until like 2025 or six or something like that. I'm okay with, I'm okay. Uh, to be fair, if everybody wants to be realistic, we're not going to get a wide receiver in free agency. It's not going to happen. Okay? Uh, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't. I'm, I wouldn't say that. I think Paris Campbell is still in our boats. <laughs> okay, I'm talking about a top tier. I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking about a top tier wide receiver. We're not okay, going to get a guy okay. who's going to come in here like they want a guy that's going to come in here and make a day yeah. one impact. It's not going to happen. All yeah, right? we're not getting. We're not getting Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. All right, and and. That's fine with me. Why? Because I feel like at that point we can go somewhere and get a Brian Burns or we can go get somebody who's on, on defense that's going to help so everybody can stop trying to fire Gus Bradley. We can give him the personnel he needs and we can go ahead and get a wide receiver in the draft. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. That's and I, fine if we do if we do build one side by each uh by each segment here. So if we build one side free agency of defense and 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 draft on offense whatever we want to do. Hell, I'm okay. I'm okay with I'm okay with going Defense free agency at first, like get a Brian Burns, maybe a maybe a exactly. defense a tackle for depth wise, bro. And, that this is this is then, my ultimate then, dream. And then bro. and then hit hit the draft round one wide receiver. I don't want a tight end round one ever. Uh, and then round two, hell, maybe go tight end or maybe go uh, safety or corner. You know, in the second round somewhere, yeah. And then after that, best player available. If the only way we go tight end is if we build up on defense, I'm gonna cry if we take a tight end if we don't have like so many changes on defense. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, I'm not uh um Nathan here is saying what y'all think of Mike Evans. I think he's a future Hall of Famer. That's great it. player, yeah. Nothing else. Can you go know. down? Can you go down to this this Tyler comment here? I keep seeing Bowers to Indy. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and go to this because I just got I got into a debate with somebody the other day. Somebody, you know, for some reason. Colts fans as a whole, y'all make zero sense to me, right? And I made zero sense in this debate at the same time, right? I mean, I made sense, but I didn't. Okay, I'll get to it, right? So y'all think we need a tight end because everybody wants to say our offense favors tight ends since we drafted Anthony Richardson, which is 100% false, actually, because wide receivers were targeted triple the amount of times with AR on the field than tight ends were. And then everybody wants to say, well, tight ends made the bigger plays, which was actually false because the bigger plays actually came from Michael Pittman Jr. and Downs. Um, So Granson had one big play under Anthony Richardson. All the other tight ends had big plays with, uh, oh, and then Mo Cox had one, but he almost dropped it, so that doesn't count. Um, So Matt, real quick. Let me change the statement you're arguing against real quick, just because I, I get what you're getting at, and we don't really need a tight end. But the thing that people want Bowers for 
is they say he's pretty much Marvin Harrison Jr. at tight end. They're saying that the talent is so great oh, that you no, no, can't no. pass. That's not what I'm arguing. So, That's not what I'm arguing. Okay. I'm arguing okay. the idea that the majority, because what I've seen is that Colts fans think that every offense in the league now, because of Travis Kelsey and George Kittle and old boy up in Detroit, everyone believes that offenses need to have an elite tight end and he needs to be the focal point which is actually false. It doesn't work that way. George Kittle's not a focal point in the 49ers offense. Uh, neither was Laporte, however you say his name, uh, Laporta. Laporta. Uh, he's not a focal point of that offense. He's successful because they have old boy St. Brown on the outside who's just killing it. He's double teamed. Laporta's got the middle of the field. Just saying, let's be real. Now, the other issue is, is the fact that everybody thinks that our offense focused on tight ends, and it does not ever. It actually focused on Michael Pittman Jr. in the passing game, which is why Michael Pittman Jr. averaged over eight targets per game, which was double. God damn it. You messed up. What are you doing? I was trying to get the, the, the solo shot. Yeah, you just – here. Damn it. There you go. There you go. Oh, I don't like this. This is weird. <laughs> All right, Not so anyway. you get – All right, so – Everyone's saying that our, you know, tight ends, focal point, whatever. Now I lost my train of thought. Well, our offense does not, our focal point is not tight end. It's not going to be tight end. You have a guy like Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor running back. You got Anthony Richardson, quarterback. Uh, the focal point will never be tight end. So Bowers just doesn't make sense. But here's the thing. Now everybody wants to say, well, our biggest plays came from tight ends in big moments. So why replace them? <laughs> Make it make sense. Y'all are sitting here saying, well, we need to, we need to get yeah, Bowers because our offense, our focal point is tight end. They make the biggest plays. Okay, so if Granson made the biggest plays, Mo Ali cox made the biggest plays, Will Mallory made the biggest plays, why are we trying to replace him when we could go ahead and improve at a different position that makes more sense and makes a day one impact? Yeah, just from an argument standpoint, that's a, that's a logical fallacy. That's contradicting their own point. But I think the point's also bullshit. I, I don't see... I watched every game this year, and I don't think uh, the tight ends made the best plays through all the no, games. I, they didn't. I, I don't see that at all. So that's a interesting yeah. view for me. They didn't. Will Mallory had had one like extreme catch uh, against the Texans, and that was with um, Minshew throwing the ball. Dude, between between like the four or five tight ends, yeah, all the great plays they made. Pittman by himself had like three times as many. Like they, their total <laughs> collection of great plays is like a, a, a small part of Pittman's highlight reel of the year. Like, um, and, and Nathan, our defense does not have linebackers playing edge. Um, we're in a four three, not a three four. Now I I will. I, I, I thought he was joking, but uh, I thought Dakota was pretty funny. He said we need to trade for Peyton Manning. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, the the Marvin Harrison Juniors, it, it, it's not there. We're not doing that. We know Ballard barely traded up. Um, like Dave says here, we can we can live with our solid. We still have Jelani, Jelani we, Woods, exactly. Uh, we still have Jelani Woods. I know Shane Steichen has a lot of faith in the guy. Uh, me too. Um, I do the dog. sitting here saying, uh, I'd rather have Allegedly. a nice type rush rusher. An elite tight end, absolutely. If Dallas 100%. Turner lands to us, if uh, Lato, Lato, <coughs> it's like Laete Latu or something, yeah, something like that. UCLA rusher, him, um, Jared Verse, one of those guys, 
all for it. Um, but real quick, just wanted to jump back into our grades real quick before we get too lost into some of the comments. We'll linebackers. Jump back in there, uh, Tyler, in a minute. Yeah, let's go to uh, linebackers. If it's cool with you guys, I'll start us off there. <clears throat> uh, Matt, if you want to give me the solo. Um, I uh, I got our linebackers, man. Um, you sure you want to be one... solo? Because Zaire might block you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Zaire don't block. It's EJ. So I got to be careful. Oh, with yeah, that, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I think our linebackers. I'm gonna give them a minus. And, and personally, the the only thing I I I have against them is their coverage. That's it. That's all I need these guys to improve upon because I think both of them had some pretty good pass breakups. Um, we were. I want to say. I want to say we were really good but i think we're about average um but close to pretty good about being on third down they both had some quick pass breakups but zaire franklin's an absolute animal old school type linebacker physical gonna be in your face gonna talk to you all game and let you know where he's at um i think he's just a traditional linebacker that we've missed for a while he'll stick you he's gonna make you feel his pre his presence out there and then ej gives us that speed he's stopping those screens he he's out there making plays as well um so i think both of them are very solid linebackers I think they gave us exactly what we needed. Um, it's just tough for us to go from the Shaq turnover type linebacker where he's creating those plays every play back to, to traditional type linebackers. Um, so all these guys got to do is just get a little bit better in coverage, um, create a little bit more, a couple more turnovers a, um, a year. Um, and I think we are exactly where we need to be with linebackers. So I'm giving them an A minus and, and also appreciating uh, their backup. So want to shout out to say Um, my guy with his crazy hair, uh, Stewart. Stewart. Yeah, yeah, Grant Stewart. Um, <laughs> guy's crazy on, on special teams. He he filled for us as well. I know I'm missing one other linebacker. I, I apologize for missing your name right now. Um, but, yeah, so I, I'm going to go A-minus out linebacker. I thought we were very solid there all year. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, you said it all. I'm not even going to go into it. I got him on an A, too. The only, the only question I always had was turnovers and coverage. And that was it for me, really, to be honest. But other than that, I think they were them and defensive tackles were our most impactful positions on defense, actually on both sides of the ball, to be completely honest. So, yeah, 100%. A minus, you guys said it all. Turnovers and coverage should improve. But I mean, th those guys are dogs. I have zero worries moving forward with the linebacker unit we have. Yeah. All right. Defensive tackles. I, I've got yeah. nothing negative to say about <laughs> defensive tackles besides depth. Yeah, that's I actually, all I gotta so say. I want to go on. Uh, well, Trev, I don't know if you you want to go on defensive tackles at all. Well, yeah, I even even on depth, I, I felt like uh, oh boy, Taven Bryan played all right. The, the only issue is Grover Stewart is so elite at stopping the run that his <laughs> absence was so noticeable. But I mean, just uh, because we're talking about depth, Taven Bryan and then there was another guy, uh, Jacob Martin, like that, not anywhere near his level. But they still made plays throughout the snaps that they got where it's like, hey, this guy's not so bad, right? So that's all I can ask from the deaf guy. So I, I go A++++ plus 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 with our Yeah, I just, I just felt like it was completely obvious when you knew that, like, oh, yeah, my yeah, starters weren't out in the run game specifically. You know, but, in, in my opinion, I'm okay with that. I think yes. everybody played pretty well. And when Gus made some changes on where these deaf guys played, instead of having, I think it was, what was his name? Tavon Martin? Is that what that Brian? Taven Bryan, yeah, they had him at nose at first, and he didn't play very well at nose, and then they moved him 
uh, to the three tech, and he played a lot better there. So, yeah, and out of Tommy Adabari, he he stepped up pretty good too. That's, yeah, I forgot about that. Actually, yeah, he did. I was gonna say, yeah, the only thing I had against this D tackle room, I'm giving him an A. Um, the only reason it's not an A plus is because Grover got suspended. Yeah. If he don't get suspended, if he don't get suspended and miss those six games, I think we might have another win or two in there just based off of his presence Agreed. being in the lineup alone. So, um, give him Agreed. an A. I ain't got nothing. All right, there. let's hit a let's hit edge. This is really our Woo! last grade. Uh, because honestly, I'm not I'm not really gonna grade special teams. I'm just gonna offense defense. I got special teams A. Just I thought yeah, and A. Well, I was gonna say I want to say coaching staff. But uh, as far as on. as far as edge rusher, man, I I this I is the hardest room in my like, opinion. Like, mm-hmm. Because the production it, the production was there, but it, that just showed to me that it could be yeah, more. It, Agreed. Yeah. And a lot of the times it was there because of the joint effort, right? Because of the D tackles, because of the coverage. And then it was just whoever got to the quarterback first. It wasn't because we had a a hurricane on the edge, just making a play. Right. Uh, Or at least more often than not, it wasn't. So like overall grade of the edges, I'll say like B minus C plus. I'll say B minus. I'll say B minus. Cause I feel like all of them did really well in the rush game, uh, just stopping the run. As a, as a whole, the defense did good for most of the year stopping the run. So they did well there, uh, just didn't get near enough pressures. Uh, and mainly that's that's Quiddy Pay. And I know we'll talk more about him. Uh, Samson Ebikem was a really solid addition. And then uh, help me with the name, uh, 54, Odangbo. Odangbo. He really showed out this year. He showed that he's taking that next step. So I'm looking forward to having him next year and seeing what he can do. But overall, for the unit as edge rushers, I, I go B minus. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. I mean, it it was there. Um, I just think that the the pressure came after a, you know the average time of what a quarterback should be able to sit in the pocket, and that's really my only gripe is because I think the pressure took too long. And I think if we were able to get consistent pressure, then our you know we wouldn't be bashing our secondary as much as we have. But at sure. the same time, if our secondary played better our edge rushers would have gotten there more. Um, but to be fair, I mean, I'm giving them a B because, you know, the, the production's there. The numbers are there. Um, and a lot of the times the edge, they did a good job concealing the edge. Uh, quarterbacks weren't able to roll out and do their normal, you know, stunts. Like, I'm sorry, that Ravens game. Played really well. Against played the really well. So to, to be fair, you know, the edge did their job. The sack numbers just weren't there like we wish they would be. Yeah, um, so I totally hear where you guys are coming from. I, I feel like I'm going to be a little harsher um, with this grade. I think it, it has a lot to do with Franey just kind of going into the Hall of Fame and, and, and getting that, that that ledger in there and just being able to know what him and Robert Matthews could do for years. But I'm going to go C-plus here. Um, I was no, you're not as far off as I expected it. The way you started that, I thought you were going to go like <laughs> yeah, not, we, we said nah, B-minus. No, you say no because you guys, you guys, you guys – Help me lighten up a little Plus bit because of, because <laughs> yeah. of the numbers. The numbers, the numbers are there. Yeah. My problem has is like you know when we're all sitting there and we're texting each other, we're watching a Colts game or whatever. We're up about ten points or something, and we're thinking, oh yeah, we're going blah blah blah. It's third and eighteen. We're about to get a sack. Boom, first down. <laughs> okay, that and was hold on, hold on. The corners were playing like twenty-two yards I mean, off the ball. I mean, I don't, it's, it's both. It's both. We said yeah, it all. I, I totally get what you're saying, but it's like when you're watching rushers against the Colts, they're always in the quarterback's face. And it's like, okay, are we going to 
throw the ball, throw the ball, damn it, throw, get rid of it. But when we're on defense, we're not saying that. It's like but, the but I'm, a, I'm gonna field be, just at the line of scrimmage. And this and, is I should have titled this episode to be fair because it's coming <laughs> back again. All right, it's just, to yeah, be fair. No. Um, when they're playing us, and you know you have Gardner Minshew in there, they were blitzing on third down every time. We didn't yeah. blitz. We just sent four and let our DBs sit back twenty five yards. Yeah. No, absolutely. And and there was there, there was a. Somebody spoke on it. Uh, I want to say it was Zaire Franklin. He spoke on it and, and said that a lot of times we're like, where you planning your defense and whatnot, there'd be times where Gus is telling us to play off because of certain situations um, as far as being on the back end. And I totally understand that. But that, at the end of the day, like when I said before, I'm looking at a pass rusher like a Chop Robinson who's not necessarily a, 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 um, a rushing defender. But his first step off the edge is just elite. It's that type of guy that when you have a quarterback that's going to sit back in the pocket and, and look at who we're going against, as our comment has up here, Shroud and Lawrence, we need a guy on that third and 12 where CJ's just, oh, dropping back and we're blitzing him and he throws that first down. We need a guy that's just in that. Where's our Dwight Freeney and our Robert Mathis? Oh, no, we I agree. Think when, you have, when, when we have 51 sacks, or was it 51 or 54? I'm pretty sure it was 51. It was a lot. When we, when we have, yeah, 50-plus sacks, you would think a lot of those were coming to close out games. I think that's where it's like I want to see that production match the results to sure. get us wins. And so um, I just feel like a lot of those is like most people would probably call them garbage time numbers where we just put up some of those. I think we had a couple games. I want to say it was like two or three games where we had six. I actually, I actually think that when we, when we actually look at it, it wasn't garbage time. These sacks were coming on first and second down. And And when we we got, we'd get into that position and we got soft. Like I've noticed that in a lot of our games, it was like first down sack or a second down sack that put them in that third and 15, third and 16. And then. Yeah, they gave it up. And a lot of our (laughs) sacks came in you know, the red zone or, or at the 30 when they were in field goal range, a lot of the times those sacks happened then because it was Buckner making a play on a drive. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think that we, that's why I'm like pushing that we really need an elite edge rusher because those are the guys that are game changers. Like we need a shack on the edge, a guy who's when, when you need a play that play is coming and not a shack. We need a Darius. Uh, we need that that, that play that's going to happen, you know, in a position that, you know, right. change the game, change the momentum, make that play. That that was That's what we missed all year defensively. That's yeah, why like, when people are like, oh, why didn't this guy make the playoff or the Pro Bowl or why didn't this guy make the Pro Bowl? Where were their plays that where were their plays that put them on national sure. attention? And right? see, and see, that's exactly what I mean about like some of those stats. Like, I don't even I, I don't even mean to call them garbage time, but like you just said, it's like getting a sack on first and ten, right? You go to second and fifteen, and then if and the then team converts on two. that second, and then yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's like an empty calorie stat. Yeah. That like that's that's those are the stats like, that I mean. It's like drinking. Think, it's like drinking an energy drink that says zero sugar, but then you go and read the ingredients and it says sucralose. That's sugar. <laughs> that's sugar. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You what I mean. Doing something, so, but you did like yeah. And that's exactly what I mean about our defense. I feel like it's too many times where we feel like we got something done, and then we don't get off the field on third down. And and it's I just one feel step like forward and two steps back, dude. It's like and, and we did that all year. We did that all year, and I hated all it. It was and that's it was, where it was where it was, man. Just just, just because I go ahead. 
Yeah, I was just going to say I, I just disagreed with this comment here because if you go back and look, um, I want to say it was on um, Gus Bradley's second half percentages. I think it was fourth quarter in overtime. Gus Bradley had the highest blitz rate in the NFL. So Gus blitz it's not necessarily year. that he didn't blitz at all. It's when he blitzed. So his blitz percentage only wasn't high because he didn't do it all game. So a lot of Gus's rough patches and defense had to come from playmaking ability and then injury. So I'm not trying to give him a pass either because I think the guy is on the hot seat as well. But just wanted to misconstrue. Or, or I think he's. I think he's unfortunately on the hot seat because someone has to take the blame. Yeah. Right? So, when, so, when, so yeah. So when people don't perform, the coaches is going to take the blame, right? And I think that's why they went ahead and you know didn't re-sign certain assistant coaches on defense and replace certain guys and and that's fine but here's the thing gus is gus is going to take the blame 100 percent. so yeah he's on the hot seat for that but at the same time gus didn't do a bad job in this season yeah. i think i think even if he tells you to play off on those third and 18s like zaire said as a corner and as a safety you need to know where those sticks are yeah it's still your job to know where those sticks are. It's not Gus's like, job on the field. Like, he knows where the sticks are. He's probably standing right next to it. Look for him. You know? And that's where I, that can't to see our, I can't wait to see our new D-line coach go to work. I can't lie. Yeah. From the film that I've seen on Pittsburgh, I can't. I so, since, so since we're in the conversation, we'll go ahead and move to coaching staff. And Gus Bradley, <laughs> we'll go ahead. Uh, I don't know if you want to yeah. do individual or you just want to do the whole coaching staff as a whole. Uh, I was just gonna do it uh, as a whole. Yeah, um, do as a whole. I'm good with that. My bad. Instagram just sends us a uh, message about the stream ended. Yeah, I see it. If you want to continue streaming on Instagram, you can remove this destination from the stream and re-add it. Wow. Instagram. Okay. Paid I'll in. Yeah, I was gonna say I gotta do that some other time because I don't know. How yeah, don't don't, don't worry um, about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, also, Dave. Yeah, that that gust stat was it was pretty surprising to me to to see how it went down because if you actually think about how we beat uh, the Baltimore Ravens, that was actually how we beat them for how much we blitzed in fourth quarter. Fifty four. Fifty four percent of that game was blitzed. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, both of you guys are right here. Timothy is saying, uh, I feel most defensive issues were DBs. I, it's kind of a big edge there. And edge. But not far off. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we missed a lot of tackles on third and long. So, yeah. So I disagree with I that. Hold on one second. I disagree with that. It's not that we missed a lot of tackles. It's that we left a lot of room. Yeah. Two missed tackles. Yeah, we, we left a lot of room. Because here's the thing. By the time we missed those tackles, the ball was caught past the first down marker. So at that, I'm just saying. But I thought on. it was called behind. No man, these dudes were ca- no. If it was third and eighteen, they the dude were catching the ball at third and twenty on the sideline. Yeah, I, I got. I would have to look back and see, but I I just remember a lot of like there was a lot of like short stuff that we end up giving up to give up first down. But I, I'd have to look back. I know those really long those really long third downs where me and Damon were always like, oh, here we go, here comes the first the down. It's because there was middle of the field or they were like running to the right past the first down marker and turning around. And for some yeah. reason, our corners were seven yards downfield past them, and they were just wide open every time. It just made zero okay. sense to me. I'd have to look back at that to, to be 100% that. For me, I'd rather I'd rather play underneath that guy 
yeah. right yeah. there at that marker. And, and if you're if you're going to run past me, I'll just chase you. But I'm not going to let you sit at that marker and get yeah. the first down. That's fucking stupid. That's why I was getting so mad throughout the season. I was like, this make no sense. Why, why are they so far off? Like, yeah, play far off. That's fine. When it's third and 18, you play, you know, seven, seven to 12 yards off the ball. That's fine. I get that. But don't go past the marker. Yeah. Unless he does. Oh, that's the, actually the conversation that Zaire was having when uh, Isaiah Rodgers was on. He was talking about how the head coach will overrule that and say, hey, we need to play off of here because of the score, X other reason, and because of whatever we want to play off a little back let these guys just have some yardage there. So that was another part of that. So, like, like I understand playing off when it's third and long, like third and 18 or whatever. Cause that for some, yeah. that, that one specific play was third and 18 and it's just staying yeah. in my mind when it's those third yeah. and longs like that, you know, I understand playing off. I just don't understand going past the sticks unless the receiver yeah. does. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, make sense. I, I, at I, the also sticks. Don't, I also don't get being on third and 18 and then being 12 yards off. Nah, it makes no, sense. you play seven yards off and then, you drop back to the sticks. Yes, yeah, you force exactly. them to you force them to throw it underneath, and then you 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 attack Close. the ball. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that's simple defense. That that yeah, was yeah. where I was getting so frustrated defensively. Like Jesus. Yeah. So that brings me right to our grade. Um, I'm going to C minus on Gus. Um, I just I, I personally just don't like our you know. Consistent I thought we were going as a whole. Oh, no, nah, I meant like uh, different staff. So I know you didn't want to do like the special teams or whatever. So defense, you're giving offense. Yeah, defense separate from okay. offense. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going C minus on defense. Uh, I know there was a lot of injuries. There's a lot of stuff in there that we could say was a pass for Gus Bradley and his defense as a whole. But I just feel like in the world that the NFL lives in, nobody really gets a pass. You either win or you don't. You put yeah. up numbers or you don't. You put up stats or you don't. So um, you develop C- or minus, you don't. Exactly. I, I give him C minus um, just because I personally think that the cover three defense that we stuck to a lot of the time was not very favorable. I did like to see some of the adjustments that he made, as we just discussed with the blitzes being better in the fourth quarter and overtime. Um, I don't know how much of that is personnel trust issues that he has with players, whatever it may be. Um, it's tough to say we're not in the locker room, um, but I just think that as a defensive coordinator, you can see the changes that you make for your players to be better, in better position. And I think a lot of the time it's we see the same thing too, too many times. And uh, I think uh, Mina Kimes from ESPN had a stat on it. I think the Colts um, showed – and had a coverage that they were playing in, I want to say it was like 90% of the time we would show exactly what coverage we were in. And I just think as a defensive coordinator, if you're going to show what you're in every time, if you don't have an elite player at every position, that's a failure. So um, I just got to go C- minus there. Like we said before, I think our sack stats there, our D-line showed it, so you can kind of tell where our elite group was, also with linebackers. Um just don't think it was enough to raise that grade. So I got C minus for Gus. I agree. I'm I'm right there with you. That's where I was gonna head. I go uh, I, I go C plus on Gus. I'm a little more optimistic. Uh and just the, the the sum of all parts that we've talked about on this episode, I feel like we're so close to having an elite defense. I know that's like a, a, a Frank Reich type of statement, right? Like, we're, we're not that far away. We're so close, this, that, and the other, and the result is what matters. I understand that. But it's, it, it feels like 
if we just get a couple more pieces and we just coach these guys up a little bit, which I, I will say as far as development-wise, right, we talked about the corners were terrible, 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 and then as the year progressed, that secondary as a whole did improve. So to me, that that is a plus for coaching. Um, man, I just I, – I think this is a make-or-break year for Gus, but I, I'm hesitant to – rock the boat and fire him or make these huge wholesale changes when, like I said, we're, we're this close to having like an elite contending worthy defense. So I just want him to figure it out this year, but I understand if he doesn't, then yeah, it's, it's gotta go. But for this year in general, I, I go, I go C plus. Good. All right. Offense. <coughs> uh, I'm including Shane Steichen in this. Um. Because I don't think we should do head coach separate when he calls plays. No, yeah, it's coaching stuff. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm actually going with a C-plus on the offensive side of the ball. Now, the reason – okay, I know this is crazy, right? Um, I think Shane did great when it came to switching from AR to Minshew in-game. Like when AR got hurt in-game and then Minshew came in, Minshew was able to continue and go off. The adjustments were great at that point. But when you had to game plan to have Minshew as the starter, I think is where Shane struggled all year. And I think a lot of the times, a lot of these losses came down to some of the you know play calling offensively, especially that Houston game. If we would have won that Houston game, I'd probably be giving Shane and that offense probably a B+. Plus. And my main reason is because when you have a guy like Jonathan Taylor who's about to have an historic game and you don't give him the ball the whole game, you just lost us that game. And that happened more often than not. I think – I just think when it came to having Minshew and Shane got limited, it started to show that Shane was struggling. And a lot of people want to praise it because it was Minshew and we did good things with Minshew. But the offense was way too limited. Instead of like kind of opening up, taking the shots downfield, he didn't start taking shots downfield till later in the season. We were throwing this ball like five yards every play, and it just drove me nuts. So I'm going C on the offense. I feel like it's a little harsh. I'm I'm just thinking back too to like the beginning of the season, like the first five six games, and we were we were the only team averaging th- like thirty points per game or whatever it was for. Extended amounts. I know that wasn't just offense. It was scoring twenty. It was scoring twenty, and that was twenty. Scoring twenty. But just overall, I mean, thinking the the twenty twenty two season, how that offense was, then moving to this offense, it's clear. I mean, it's it's leaps and bounds greater. But that twenty two offense was like maybe the worst ever. Like that's F minus. That's as bad as it gets, right? So, I I I absolutely understand where where you're coming from. I think again, I'm just a little more optimistic about it. Uh, I think we made huge, huge progress with the O-line. Like, it, it's back to where it needs to be. Uh, I really like what we did in the run game all year with uh, Moss and JT. I, I wish we leaned on it more, especially in that Houston game. I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, and I'm excited about where we're going schematically with, you know, the RPOs and everything we have. I think Richardson's going to do like, – like Timothy says here, Richardson's going to make Shane look like a wizard. I like that. I think, I think it's – 100% correct. Uh, he, he's going to be the perfect fit for this offense. So I, I, I'll go B. I'll go B for the offense. Uh, but I think moving forward, it's, it's only going to get better. I think I just, he's I just the think new I, job. 
I just think I wanted to see more out of it. Even with Minshew on there, I think, you know, I wanted to see more out of the receiving room. I didn't want to see – like, everybody hyped up MPJ because he was he was the only receiver in the NFL that was getting eight catches per game. That man should not be getting eight catches per game. Right. It's you know what I mean? You couldn't hit Alec That's Pierce. Insane. Like, how, how are you not getting Alec Pierce – you know, how are you not getting Downs? Like, right. Downs, Downs had a good rookie year. He could have had right. an elite been, rookie year if, yeah. you know – Plays were drawn up for him more. Yeah. And th- there were absolutely limitations that were put on the offense because of Minshew. And then to, to that extent, too, because of Shane, because he still ran the offense as if AR was out there or like didn't make enough of adjustments to complement Minshew's game better. So I, I, I feel what you're saying. Uh, I'm, just, I'm excited about moving forward, dude. There were, there were multiple times where I said we need to get Minshew moving. Yeah. Get Minshew moving. And if you notice the games that Minshew played well in – he was moving. And I'm not talking about the stupid dance moves he was doing against New England. I'm talking <laughs> about when we were using him in the ARP in, in the read option. If he yeah. you know, and he would take it. Yeah. Let him let him run it. Give him, them, give, him, give him them bootlegs, you know, so that he you know, you get him on the edge, then people had to stop blitzing him. Right. And then the shots were downfield. Right, because he was he was terrible under pressure. Like if he got blitzed, yeah. and, and that actually that would drive me crazy from a coaching perspective. You see the blitz loaded up, you know it's coming. You don't call a timeout. The quarterback doesn't call it audible. Nothing changes. We just take the blitz and take the sack, or Minshew gets every, stressed out and throws it away. Like every time. Every hey, look, Matt Minshew, Timothy. Uh, Tim Timothy agrees with you about Downs being number two. Downs is number two. That's a hundred percent fact. It just depends on where he plays on the field. <laughs> no, every, like a wide receiver two doesn't mean he's got to be on the outside. You know what I'm saying? Like Tyreek Hill was the Chiefs wide receiver one who played in the slot. Yeah. I think yeah. Downs is in the perfect spot. Keep him on the keep him on the inside because he's a weapon there. He's a mismatch there. But he's wide receiver two for sure. He's just not your you know your Z. He's he's your Y, and that's okay. Pittman Pittman looked good at the Z. Yeah, when he played there. He was, yep. he was, that's when he had his big play versus the Browns, the screen, uh, yep. the big the big play screen he had. Should have been a game. Yeah. yeah. The, the, only, the only person who needs to be on the outside is Alex. <laughs> and then I'm, a, I'm okay. I'm okay. Work it and give it to him. I'm okay with playing bunch formations all game long. I'm Downs, okay with it. Yeah. Downs, Downs eat up in a bunch. <laughs> eat up in a bunch. That's what I'm saying, man. I, I, cool. I, I will say, too, just – Real quick, just going back to offense because you mentioned downs. I love how much we put him in motion and just like the things that we would do pre-snap that we never saw with right. Just putting guys in motion or, or moving things around, confusing the defense a little bit. I really like how that's going. And like the the uh, split back formations we would use, I like all of that. And the part I, that I, sucked I is when he uh, when AR went down with injury, we didn't get to yeah. see that as much after. Yeah. Yeah. I think the I think one of the greatest play calls Shane had. I can't remember what game it was. We ran a certain play from the two yard line that put MPJ in motion. Right, we scored a touchdown. I believe it was a run play. We scored a touchdown. Then went for the two point conversion. Ran the same exact play, the same think, exact uh... motion, but instead of handing it off. Threw it to MPJ. I think uh, I think that was the uh, the Rams game. That was to me that was elite from Shane. The way he called that was elite. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm almost positive that was the Rams game, the play that you're you're talking. about. I don't about. think Jonathan Taylor runs very well out of the Wildcat. I think we no, we we did we did run the Wildcat. I want to say, uh, I want to say we had. I only remember one one play out of the Wildcat. I don't think it was a successful touchdown. I think we were at, got a touchdown on the next play. But uh, I think I think anytime you can mix up your offense and make your formations look different to where teams have to be caught off guard. Is always something that's good. I've never, so, I've never, never, I've never necessarily liked the Wildcat, except, and I know this is going to be ridiculous, um, and I shouldn't be saying this on a Colts page, but I think Tennessee had that shit down pat. Like, oh, yeah. that Wildcat in Tennessee. Yeah, man, Derek, man. Derek Henry. Tennessee, man. Yeah, that's a joke. He does. But Derrick Henry out with, of the Wildcat. I thought you were going to say with Ricky Williams and them from the Dolphins, man, man. Forget Tennessee. No, but they, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not afraid to admit it. They, they, he had that thing. Derrick Henry has that thing down. Like, he starts to run a little jump pass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he, he like shoots it like a basketball. A old boy from Kansas City did it first. Whoever that, what the hell, who the hell was that? That defensive tackle that did it. Golly, what was his name? Kansas City did it. What was his name? What was his name? What was his name? God, man, he's a big name defensive tackle like six years ago. You talking about Don Terry Poe? Yes. Don Terry yeah, Poe. he did it. He did it. And then Derrick Henry stole it. But yeah. It works. Uh for me, I'm going on offense. Uh this is this is an A. I I, I gotta go A here. I just think um the 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 ability that Shane Steichen had to be able to go from AR complete freak at quarterback to going down to average at quarterback it, it's just insane to be able to get some some capabilities there exactly that's that's the level of quarterback you were going to anytime you see anthony richardson go down and then you see Gardner mission running around in the pocket and it's just that little noise that you have he's running around doing all of this and running backwards and everything uh, i just think that was a lot of difference. Then you think about where we were at with running backs, where we had um, uh, D, uh, DJ fumbling twice on the opening day, pretty much losing us the game. Um, then we had Zach that guy. for a while. Then we had the JT situation and him coming back and getting paid, and then us managing through the two running backs. And then also with our receiving core, who we didn't get enough out of. And a lot of what Matt said about uh, some of the receivers, I think a lot of that had to do with Minshew not pushing the ball. Like, if, for instance, if you think yeah. about there was a specific play where Alec Pierce is coming down the left sideline and there's a window to throw the ball and Minshew just doesn't pull the trigger to hit Alec Pierce open. And so um, I think there was a lot of games and a lot of plays that were like that. And I think that what Shane pulled was able to pull off with Gardner Minshew at quarterback being so limited with arm talent, arm strength and everything he was able to do. Obviously Gardner Minshew gives you that veteran, leadership and, and mentality to where he shouldn't have too many games like Jacksonville where he turns it over three times, but he actually helps you control the game and win it. Um, I just think that our offense as a whole, from what we looked at, just like Trev said before, we were at 2022 or 2023, and we were historically terrible on offense to, boom, already top 10 within one season yeah. with three different quarterbacks in a year span. I just think that's just insane to be able to do that within a year span, no matter 
who your players are. Um, I just thought that was unbelievable. And then I think there was pretty healthy grades all around our offense outside of tight ends. So um, I just think that 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 was all in the name of Shane Steichen and what he was able to do. So I got an A for that offensive uh, coaching staff, man. Yeah, just wait till Shane does a Frank Reich, and then I'm gonna be calling for him to be fired. Hey, I think he 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 did a, he did a he did a couple last year, and I think we we were calling him a rookie head coach. I just think I mean it happens sometimes. Man, you got you got 17 plus games to go out there and put out an offense. I think you know sometimes just like he pulled uh, a Frank in week 18. I'll say that. Like 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 Timothy said here, Richardson will make Shane look like a wizard. I think that's what great players do. They save your coaches and. Sometimes coaching will get you out of hell like we were in last year. I think I think that's a perfectly good mixture to have, and I think we have the quarterback and the coach to be able to save each other when those times come into play. So hopefully we just get a full season at AR. But I, I got an A, man. I, I just think this offense is – I was hoping it wasn't going to be shit all year. So I just – I got an A there. I think they did everything they needed to. Um. But yeah, I, I, that got us through our grades. I think um, special teams. Uh, I feel like most fans can go back through and, and and look through for themselves on whatever they would like to grade that. Um, we'll see about uh, getting these around because I know it's been a while since I posted some stuff. We definitely hey, need to. I think someone's kid is being murdered. I got a party going on. Um, <laughs> might be a little bit of fighting out there. Uh, that don't sound like uh, fighting, bro. That sounds like. Ee, yeah. ee, 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 ee. Um, it, 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 there's like seven parents in there, so if it's going down, somebody's just letting it happen. Um, but yeah, so that looks like the grades. It was a two-part episode. Next week, we got the combine going on. We are officially in draft season, um, so everybody go check out the draft. You know, come in next week and, and, and let us know who you like, what you like. Please stop listening to people. Go watch films yourself. Go get updated and, and, and tapped in with some of these players. Uh, we stop, got merch. Uh, stop reading what our Colts media is talking about and pushing this whole Bowers narrative. They're just pushing things to push things. These this media is just they they read one article and then they go with it because that article got a lot of comments from fans. So yeah. just man, I don't know. Just, just go watch, go some, watch some film. Watch our film. Go watch college film. Go make up some. You know, go see what who else you like. Other than also, Brock Bowers, who's going to be gone by pick 10. So go, yeah. go look on YouTube and look up like seven different people and see what they say that's different and see what they say that's the same. Get information for yourself. It's just like anything else in this world. So, um, yeah, man. If, if y'all don't watch uh, college football very much, don't worry about it. If, if you guys have been following us for a while, like last year, every moving forward as we're going into the draft, se- the draft season and the combine and everything – Every week on this show, us individuals, we all will highlight certain prospects that you, a Colts fan, could go check out. So we we will give you the good players. I promise you. We, yeah. We're all college football guys. Like we we love it. So and, and if you're not usually into college, these guys, if you're not usually into college football, it's about to get easier for you because in July, college football twenty five drops. Players are going to be in it. Teams uh, are all in it. Ain't that twenty twenty six? No. College football releases in July. Um, I was talking. What you're talking about is the Madden contract. The Madden NFL simulation contract is up in like 2026. No, I thought I thought the NCAA releases 2025. No, it releases in July. It's this year. 
It's this year in July. I thought it was 2025. Nope. So it's about to get a whole lot easier for everybody. So. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I, I just want to flex because it's been about a year. Uh, we called Julius Brents on this show. I highlighted him. I said he'd be a great pick. Uh, for for our our fit, he would fit Ballard's you know prototype. We were right. Moving forward, he's going to be a dog, and we'll get another one as we hey, highlight. You know, it was hella hilarious when we did our mock draft. Somebody called us out on that and said none of the picks you guys made were, <laughs> were actually drafted by the Colts. I thought it was pretty funny because right. I end up, I end up commenting hey, back on there. Appreciate I, somebody I up, paying attention. Yeah, no, no, but the funny thing is, I commented back and said, "Did they end up in the NFL though?" Because just because we didn't draft them don't mean it like they went all undrafted. Yeah, yeah. Like, we picked bones. Um, so I thought I thought it was funny that somebody called us out on that coming back. But uh, again, Dude, I just appreciate someone paying attention. Yeah, like, hell, somebody's like, yeah. they watched the show. Somebody else called us out too, but I, I'm not gonna get into those. People. We get called out a lot. I mean, it's a fan podcast. What y'all mean? I'm not a professional. I'm in the United <laughs> no, States I, Army, I, bro. I gotta no, go to work no, on Monday. I, I appreciate I appreciate the comments, the comments, yeah. the views. You guys bring help. it. So whatever you got to say, keep going. Um, but like I said, we got merch. Check out ZTV online. Um, we got all the uh, all our pages down here that's been scrolling across the clicker. Hope you guys been paying attention. Check, scan the uh, QR code that's there on the side. Uh, we are on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, Spotify and Apple Music. Go like, share, and subscribe. Keep us growing. Help us keep building this thing. We got 11 likes in the hearts. We appreciate you guys. I know there wasn't a ton of viewers, but to have 11 contributors actually uh, like and appreciate us, man, we really appreciate y'all. So thanks for kicking in with the crew tonight. We'll see you guys all next week. All right. And as always, go Colts. Go Colts. Stay conservative, run the ball here on third down. Here's Richardson, he takes it in for his first NFL touchdown. And Pittman takes it inside the 20, the 10, towards the end zone, touchdown! On second and 28, the Colts capitalize Richardson to Pittman, 39 yards.